Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the PH Nutrition Podcast. Uh, my name is Tom, and today I'm joined by Coach Chloe. Hey, Chloe, how are you doing? Hello, hello. I'm great, thanks. This is so nice to be chatting with you today, Good. Tom. Yeah, thanks for taking Woo. some time out and jumping on. What we are going to be talking about today, and it's just a, a nice kind of like discussion topic, really, is about what we've put ourselves through in terms of stepping outside of our comfort zones and what we've learned from that in terms of what we've taken away from it in terms of maybe in our coaching businesses as athletes and into everyday life as well. So just a short backstory, Chloe, for maybe people who don't uh, know uh, who you are or what you do, just a, a very quick insight into you know, your sports, your training background, what you've done in the past. Absolutely. So yeah, I I think the the great thing about the two of us is we like to do lots of different sports, don't we? So I've definitely tried all the different things. In terms of work, obviously I'm working as nutrition coach. I used to coach CrossFit. So I did train CrossFit a lot, about six years, doing lots of competitions, stuff like that. I also used to row. I used to row at university, loved doing that. I've done a lot of running. I did high rocks and what else have I done? And now I'm doing bodybuilding. So we've I've kind of put myself through lots of different sports. I like ticking sports off and being like, I did that. I remember like doing a marathon was one of the big things I really wanted to do. And I think it's it's great because obviously that's what we're going to talk about today. But just the ability to put ourselves in these different situations and and kind of like smash them out. So yeah, little kind of overview there of all the different ones I've nice. tried. What about you, Tom? What are your uh, nice. things? Yeah, I like it. Do you know what? Very similar. Growing up throughout school and university was always kind of team sports. I was maybe a kind of typical guy that played rugby when it was cold. And then I played cricket when it was uh, hot. I was half decent, like county standard, nothing nothing spectacular, but always played team sports, but always was always fairly fit. So I could always turn my hand to anything that came up. So, you know, I did half marathons and 10Ks, would do tough mudders and, and things like that. 
Then kind of fitness fell out, fell out of my kind of uh, primary focus for a few years, but then got back into it as a way to get myself kind of back in shape. I'd let myself go a little bit. Really found I enjoyed helping people, so went down the, the typical you know PT route. A lot of people did. Got qualified as a personal trainer. I spent a number of years working in that side of the industry, but throughout my time as a PT, enjoyed the side of nutrition. So kind of studied on the side, you know, working during the day, studying in the evening to gain, you know, my qualifications so that I could slowly transition over. During that period, I I found functional fitness, you know, started um, going to CrossFit and doing, again, kind of different sports as well. Kind of five-a-side football popped up, started doing a little bit of running again. But then, you know, as a few of us found, the world kind of fell off a cliff when lockdown happened. And I know this is when I started to maybe change how I look uh, at training and nutrition, etc. And I think you did as well, Chloe. So in terms of stepping outside of your comfort zone, what was the the kind of the moment or, or was there a was there a kind of, you know, a ball dropping moment where you're like, I, knew, I want to make a change. I want to do things differently. What was the catalyst to you wanting to to make yourself a bit uncomfortable? So I think the biggest kind of comfort zone thing for me was, I think, with with lockdown, it was it was running and removing myself. Like obviously, we didn't have a choice about gyms being closed. So my I was kind of I think we were all thrown out of our comfort zones there anyway because we didn't have the gym for comfort. So I started doing a lot of running in lockdown, and that was probably like I really enjoyed running, but it was definitely a bit more of an uncomfortable thing for me to kind of just like pound the pavements every day. But I was putting myself through it anyway. But in te- on the other side of away from kind of fitness, in terms of my comfort zone, I would kind of look a bit more at my relationship with food at that time. In the first lockdown, I found being away from the gym so challenging because it kind of changed everything that I thought about my own nutrition. Like I didn't have goals to adhere to. And when I was just running in lockdown, I found that I didn't have like a specific goal. I was just kind of like doing doing training, doing running for kind of just just the hell of it, just to keep me moving. And I think the biggest thing for my comfort zone was allowing myself to kind of fix a bit of a relationship with food issue that had depended on the gym so much because I don't think we realise how much we tie, obviously, our relationship with food into training and the gym and everything. So for me, a big thing there was allowing myself to perhaps eat a little bit more because I didn't have those goals of training hard and allowing myself to kind of not restrict foods because it for me like lockdown being out of the gym brought up a lot of stuff around food and control so kind of putting myself into the position where I wasn't being super strict with food was probably like my biggest thing there you know when we were in lockdown and we had to kind of reassess yeah. who we were as people I think is part of yeah. it as well isn't it because it changes so much about your yeah. identity and from a coaching point of view the, the the clients you that you work with do you find that you know common themes with clients is that they're always striving towards goals maybe very ambitious goals as well and sometimes it, it is about maybe reining things in and not trying to hustle and grind and all those kind of popular buzzwords and just you know like I say just taking a bit of you time do you think that's important yeah absolutely I think there's uh, there's so much pressure at the moment isn't there to be like training for something specific or doing something specific and like hustling towards a thing like everyone needs to have a thing like why are you doing that and you know why are you eating that why are you training like that and I think the most important thing in your training your nutrition is 
is are you doing it because it feels good for you like is this what you want to do as a as a person or are you doing it because someone else is making you think you should be doing it and I think like where me and you have both kind of done perhaps different things I think we both kind of obviously have gone down the functional fitness crossfit route but we've ended up vibing into these things that we actually enjoy doing training wise because they feel better for us that they line up better with us not because someone else expects us to train for a certain thing but because we enjoy doing this different thing I think like would you say that for you like the direction you've gone in now is you know more to do with kind of just because it lights you up and it makes you feel good yeah I think there is there's always a good and bad with things like social media and the internet and and I think training as well you can always look up to people and hopefully it motivates you hopefully it inspires you but sometimes it can have a negative effect. And I found that when I was, you know, I, I was thrust into functional fitness and, and I forget, and I think a lot of people forget the reason often they end up in functional fitness is because one of your mates or someone you know says to you, mate, you've got to come do this class. We all do this workout. It's great fun. We're all in it together. And you go and you enjoy it and you're hooked. That's how a lot of people fall into CrossFit and functional fitness. And I was exactly the same. And then obviously you see this kind of bright light of maybe the more competitive side of things. There's there's competitions, whether locally, regionally, nationally, and you can end up getting, you know, a little bit obsessed with it, if I'm going to be honest. And and I was never going to be good enough. You know, I got good quite quickly because I think a lot of people do in their first year or so. But then I was probably overtraining, under recovering and was just trying to force my body to do something that naturally it wasn't very good at. Whereas mm. then making that kind of shift to do something like I say that is a little bit more me versus me. And that's something I think is really important for, for people to, to realise is that everybody makes progress at different rates. Whether it's about your training, whether it's about your, your nutrition, whether it's about your, your job or, or even your lifestyle. It's about sometimes running your own race. Now, I know it's very cliche, but that's really I found particularly with lockdown and, and coming out of the gym and picking up running again was that it was just about me and it was just about me versus me even though I I do races and I'm not going there to to win the race I'm going there to to put myself on the start line and and like I say focus on just what I can do to be my best and that massively helped me like I say really kind of fall in love with training again and I found it uh, more beneficial for my mental health as well yeah absolutely so I feel like that's the main thing isn't it like maybe you know we kind of think we should be doing a certain thing but at the end of the day it's it's what makes you happy and what is going to make you like mentally your best and if you found that thing then that's what's yeah, important 100%. as well like I'm here I'm 35 I'm getting married this year we're probably going to start a family you know I'm, I'm fo- yeah <laughs> I'm focusing on my business like <laughs> I'm not in my 20s I can't train as hard as I could five or ten years ago and also because of my life, sometimes I have to train on my own. I've, I've got a garage gym or I have maybe just an hour in the day. So I've got to be really efficient. And again, just having my own kind of training to focus on, I don't get sucked in because I think I'm a bit like a moth to a light. I don't get sucked into those kind of competitions and, and following that two a day CrossFit training program that like I say ends up making me feel uh, negative rather than feeling positive. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. And in terms of obviously, you know, comfort zone, and obviously we've tried different types of training. Some things, some things work well for us and some things don't. And obviously we've found the things that we enjoy. What do you think is the, is the hardest or the most, how, how do you word this well? Like what is the most kind of uncomfortable thing that you've done that has actually made the most difference or helped in terms of you as a coach or an athlete? Oh, that's a great question. For me, I think, just to give it a bit of an insight, I, I've really got back into into running, like I said, but particularly endurance running. I still like running quickly. I still mm. don't kind of like doing 10Ks and, and half marathons. But for me, like doing an ultra marathon, there's something that I really enjoy in that. Not many people say, speak those words, but I really enjoy <laughs> the fact that, again, it's me versus me. There's no expectation. And also, I've been amazed at what your body can do when you put your mind to it and how adaptable the body yeah. can be. On the flip side, I'm still trying to get stronger. I'm, I'm dipping my toe in a little bit of powerlifting. So they're completely poles apart goals, but they're, they're both, like I say, focused on myself. But I think for me, running, particularly running in the winter, builds a lot of resilience mm. because there's a lot of times during the week that I don't want to do it. And I see that yeah. in clients. I see that in with their training sessions. I see that with their nutrition there's all things we probably have day to day, week to week, month by month that we don't want to do. But it's all about that consistency and how things compound. Now, for me, having a goal yeah. in the diary of, of a race or a competition helps me because it helps me to, to tick off all those training sessions because they all play a part in something rather than, you know, it'd be very easy to, like, say, to stay indoors when it's cold. But I know that it's going to help me move move uh, closer towards that towards that goal yeah I think that's such a that's such a good point and it actually makes me think about some of those things that uh we look at and we're like oh my god that looks horrendous like running in the freezing cold in the morning is one of those things it's like oh but it makes you so it does like make you stronger as a person and it does build that resilience and that made me think actually I was talking to a client she's doing the Chamonix uh 1k the vertical 1k I don't know if you've seen that it's like completely oh my god it looks incredible I feel like you'd be all over that and it's one of those things isn't it it looks horrendous but it's like that is like something to get stuck into because you know it's gonna just make you so strong and it's that thing getting out of your comfort zone to to improve somewhere or you know if you do something like that or you're running in the morning you're doing your your ultra marathons like it, it's it's that mental resilience that carries over not just to your own life but to the life of your friends and your clients who want to hear about these things too i think i, I was i was just gonna sorry, last, I was just gonna jump in there like the best the best bit yeah. of advice i got given when starting to train for an ultra marathon and again this is this is another bit of advice in that was that I wasn't quite sure how to get myself in in prep to do an ultra marathon. I'd run a marathon, I'd kind of done my own programming, but I didn't really know how to make that that next step. So I hired a coach, I hired a professional, I hired someone who knew more than I did and, and could help me. And the first thing that he said to me was be prepared to fail. Be prepared that something mm. will go wrong, either on the day or in the prep. And it may be something you do wrong. I did actually fall over and get a bit of an injury during during my training. But also he said it could be something that goes wrong on the day. There's something outside your control. But he said all the work yeah. and the prep that you're going to do is still going to count. And again, we see this with clients. They they Something goes wrong. Maybe it's an external factor. And 
it's not a reason to always give up. It's just an opportunity to learn and you chalk it off and you go again. Yeah. And everything you've done else in the week or the month or that six-week training block still counts. Uh, and it's still really, really important, you know. So, it's it's again, it's trying to take that bird's yeah. eye view of things and understand that life can throw curveballs at us. But, again, it's building up that resilience to kind of dust yourself down and know, do you know what? Don't focus on that one negative thing. Look at the 30 other positive things I've done this week that make me feel good. Absolutely. And I think sometimes you don't even realise them in the moment. But, like, definitely four weeks, you know, six weeks, three months down the line, you're like, oh, remember that one time that thing happened? And at the time, I didn't realise I was... That work was working towards where I am now. And you don't realise it until you look back. So... It might not feel like it at the moment, but you, you know, you are moving towards where you should yeah. be as well. Like so give like that. people a little bit more of an insight into like what you've been up to the last kind of kind of two or three months. Because I know you've kind of like say you, you got really into running, but I know now you've done a few different other projects. And so, yeah, give people an insight into what you're doing and, and what you've learned from it. Yeah. So basically I, I was in lockdown. I was running a lot. I went back to doing CrossFit after the gyms reopened, but I didn't refine my love for it. Like I didn't get that feeling that I absolutely loved about CrossFit. Um, and I had a lot of issues around the way I was eating. I wasn't, you know, I was restricting food. I was binging. I was falling into these disordered eating habits. And so I, I actually started one of my comfort zone things, as I've kind of mentioned, was putting myself out of my, putting myself, yes, that's it, out of my comfort zone and eating more and allowing myself to gain weight, which was very hard because I put it all over social media, posting pictures of myself being a lot heavier than I had been and kind of just being okay with it and allowing myself to be like, this is what my body needs to get healthy again, which was amazing. And if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be where I am now. And basically at the end of last year, I decided I wanted to do a bodybuilding competition because, you know, as we've kind of mentioned, we like to tick all these different sports off. We like to put ourselves out of our comfort zones. And I've always wanted to do a bodybuilding show. It's one of those things I'm like, I'll just tick it off and do it. Not quite realizing what actually goes into a bodybuilding prep and so that's what I've been working towards this year I basically started my prep in January and I did my first show yeah first show in what are we on now in June I did my first show uh, which was amazing and I actually kind of got the bug for it and obviously going through prep was like a whole other beast and again I couldn't have put myself in that position of doing you know a very structured meal plan quite intense diet lots of cardio lots of training like I couldn't have put myself into that position without having taken myself out of my comfort zone before and allowing myself to gain weight and fix my relationship with food so coming out of my comfort zone in the past helped me to come into this prep now and obviously it's helped in terms of prepping for a bodybuilding show I feel like it's taught me about a whole other world of kind of uh the nutrition coaching industry that you know I don't didn't know a huge amount about because we work very very closely with people in performance sports nutrition sports performance but specifically nutrition for aesthetics like as in down to the point where you're manipulating your salt and water intake for peak week is a whole other game and it's so interesting to see how other coaches in other areas of the fitness industry do work so this whole prep, um, doing a show, competing has just taught me so, so much. And obviously there's been points in the prep where it's been, it was so, so challenging. Like, you know, on the Stairmaster in the morning, feeling like I was going to pass out, like literally like, and it's those things. And, you know, it's, it's like the whole thing of no one cares, just work harder. But, you know, there's a time and place for that. But it is obviously, I'm not saying 
that people should be putting themselves in that position but it teaches us it tells me like if a girl I work with who just wants to maybe you know improve her body composition is feeling like that I'm like well that's not where we need to go so it's very useful for me to kind of have these metrics to see what different levels of you know deficit training nutrition alike in different areas of the industry and it's just been just been an epic experience for all aspects of my life as an athlete as a coach etc that's amazing it's so insightful and obviously as a colleague we've seen the the journey you've been on firsthand with the clients you work with you know talking about weight gain and and the reality of that and and maybe you know trying to encourage people to eat a little bit more not necessarily to, to gain weight just to like say to feel better to maybe get their cycle back if they've lost it to have a bit more energy day to day to be a better mom or to be a better you know uh, more switched on at work do you find that that can be challenging when working with clients when you maybe set people their nutrition plan up and they've gone previously well I like to eat this number of calories and you're telling me to eat this. What what do you find that there's hurdles there you have to overcome? Absolutely. And it's so it's so individual because everyone's journey is different. So like no one is I no one is ever going to have the same plan, the same goals, the same metabolism, whatever. Like everything is so individual, but one of the biggest things I work with a lot of girls who should be eating more. So, um, at the female performance plan, we kind of focus on fueling girls to eat more food, which is cause it seems to be a big issue nowadays. We just don't eat enough in general. And a lot of the girls, when I send them their plans, they're like, how do you expect me to eat that much food? I can't eat that much food. I'm going to gain weight. And then, you know, they're like, no, I can't possibly eat that much food. And then a week later they're like, okay, can I have more food? <laughs> it's just, it's so funny. They're like, I'm hungry now. I'm like, yes, because you're eating enough food. And it's just amazing. So there's always that resistance to eating more. I think generally, like we don't realize if we're training hard, we're very active, you know, we've got busy lives, busy jobs, we're all on the go all the time. We do need to be fueling correctly for that. But then on the flip side, you do have people that perhaps, you know, are they specifically want to lose weight. It's a completely different, different story. Like, that you do need to be in deficit if you want to lose weight or you need to be making those adjustments to your to your lifestyle in order to get there so I think it's just kind of knowing that it's so important to look at the individual like can this individual handle you know a fat loss phase can they or do they need to be told to eat a bit more what's their relationship with food like I think the the fact that we've kind of been through these various different processes with our own nutrition and fitness just allows us to look everyone as an individual and perhaps put a different coaching hat on depending who we have so some girls need to be like okay it's okay like don't don't stress about this one food you're eating we'll work on it and some people need to be told well actually you need to if you're going to go out the weekend you, you shouldn't be having that alcohol because you're on a specific fat loss phase and then some people we need to be like no you need to put on your big girl pants and you need to go and eat some more carbs please so it's kind of knowing how to deal with different clients isn't it and knowing that everyone everyone is an individual absolutely and i think that's where we as coaches enjoy that pathway and journey with people and like i say that anybody can get a set of calories and macros from the internet but it's it's only a starting mm. point and like you say it's it maybe looking at what you've done previously and we often get clients you know will say well again same example you know i i used to eat this num this amount of calories but they're coming to us because they're not losing weight well those calories that you've been on mm. probably haven't worked for you because probably you haven't been able to adhere to it maybe they weren't enough maybe you're doing crossfit maybe you're doing functional performance maybe you're let's say a, a, an ultra marathon runner and their energy expenditures through the roof so it is about let's say 
primarily, even if someone's in a in a deficit, I want people to perform well. And that's not just in and out the gym. Mm. I want people, you know, to have good all day energy. I want, want people to recover. And sometimes, like I say, a smaller deficit is better for people. They get faster results and then mm. they, they, they almost can't get their head around it. But that, that moment where, like say, where they're eating more more voluminous food or say more foods at the right time that help them move the needle. And weight gain is a, is a thing that guys experience too, but it's probably just not spoken about enough. Yeah. I, I really struggle with it myself personally, where I always thought I had to be under 10% body fat for about two years. And it got to the point where I look back in pictures now and I'm like, oh yeah, I did look a bit gaunt. I didn't look healthy and I was tired all the time, you know, and I was struggling to, to train effectively and, and I wasn't, uh, uh, you know, a good boyfriend, you know, because I didn't have a lot of energy and I was, I was, I get, I get quite grumpy mm. and now like 11 kilograms heavier than when I was when I was doing CrossFit, but I'm running further and and faster than ever before and I'm I'm lifting more weight than ever before uh, and I feel great. I I can't ex- explain it enough to people that sometimes, you know, deficit isn't always what you need and don't judge your uh, process, you know, your your progress, sorry, on just the number on the scale. They might we always talk about, you know, non-scale victories at PH where we ha- you know, lots of different factors that that make you you not just judging yourself by a number on a scale. Not that many of us are jockeys or MMA fighters or people who have got to make weight. Sometimes you might just want to drop a gene size and stay the same weight and feel awesome. Yeah, it's so true as well. I think, you know, it's that it comes a bit into kind of like comparisonitis as well, like in terms of people getting nutrition plans and things like that and looking at the scale and looking people look on you know on social media there's all these like what I eat in a day and this is how many calories I eat to maintain this weight and then people look at that and they think well why can't I do that or why why aren't you know it gets we get wrapped up in what everyone else is doing and I find actually on that note one of the biggest things I get when I talk to girls and we're giving them kind of nutrition help is that they've come to us saying well I've been on a 12-week cut And my calories were a thousand calories a day. And now I want to eat 2000 calories a day like this girl on social media. And I'm like, but you've literally put yourself in that position now where you're on a thousand calories a day. You you can't just eat 2000 calories a day. We have to gradually bring you out of that. And it might involve a little bit of weight gain and it might involve getting a little bit uncomfortable because we've put ourselves in this position which we need to come out of. I mean, that's where I was. I was I was just restricting, binging, not eating enough. And as soon as I started eating enough food, which was fantastic to do for my body, I did gain a lot of weight. But you have to be you have to be aware that sometimes we do have to get to that point where we're a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe the number on the scale isn't what we want it to be. Like, you know, you want it to be under 10% body fat. Is that actually healthy for you as an individual and with your goals and what you want to do? So it's just being aware that it's, you know, there's, so many different ways to skin a cat yeah. or whatever but for us as individuals it's it's you know we have to take yeah, that into account first like, so you're, you're spot on we are all different and there will be some people that we listen to this that really like clear goals they're, they're maybe very number driven very data driven they like having that next competition or event in the diary and that's probably me and you to a certain extent we always kind of looking forward to, to the next thing I you know I've got an ultra marathon in in less than a week's time but I'm already thinking about what am I going to work to next what am I going to book to next but that helps me turn up and show up every day whereas there's other people mm. that will probably listen to this that feel like they have to have a goal or they have to be working to something but it's completely okay like not to be in a phase 
Like you don't always have yeah. to be dieting. You don't always have to be trying to smash yourself double sessions in the gym every day just to feel like you're getting somewhere. Again, think about the reason why you probably started doing whatever you whatever you do for your exercise and, and maybe your nutrition. It was probably a very general term, but it, it was probably there to help you just feel a little bit better, have a bit more energy and feel a little mm. bit healthier. Think about to the story that I told where my friend said, come do this CrossFit class. It's great fun. Everyone, Everyone's doing the same workout. You'll be sweating. You'll really enjoy it. And sometimes people forget why they really started was probably just, like say, to feel a little bit better day to day rather than have this really particular goal. Don't force yourself to follow someone else's journey. Like you say, follow someone else's calories, follow someone else's training plan. You've got to, you have got to run your own race. It might take a while for you to find what that is, but don't be afraid, like I say, just to be okay where you are. That's perfectly fine too, right? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. What's your, t- tell me about your ultramarathon. Yeah, so I've got a, I've actually got a, a weekend where, again, and this is just, just this, this is just for fun. On the Saturday of a weekend, I'm doing a mock powerlifting competition. So I'm maxing out my squat, deadlift and bench. Only (gasps) just literally to test it, just to see where I'm at. Like I say, I've been following a kind of powerlifting phase. Like I say, getting a bit heavier, trying to get a bit stronger. So I'm going to test it. But then just to kind of keep things interesting, the day after doing that, I'm going to do a a six-hour uh, max distance event so it will effectively be it will effectively be an ultra yeah six hour time event run the same loop for six hours and effectively get a max distance so I've got a bit of a goal in mind but I've never done to a full extent say powerlifting one day ultra running the next so let's just see what happens hopefully the weather's not too hot when I go running but it's 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 just for That's me. It's just to enjoy. So it. It's cool. just to enjoy the enjoy the process. Yeah. And like I say, it'll probably give me the bug that as soon as I've finished it, I'll probably write another silly challenge for my for myself to do. But but <laughs> this is all just me versus me. I'm not going to the running event to try and win yeah. it. I'm not competing with anybody kind of in the powerlifting sense. I'm just I'm just competing against myself. And I, and again, I find I can fit this kind of training in around my life and around my job and my work and and it and it sits really well with me and like I say I'm able I'm able to enjoy it I recover better from this type of training rather than smashing myself doing CrossFit two sessions a day um, and like I say I have to keep pinching myself and reminding myself that I'm 35 so I'll probably have to slow down at some point but nah. <laughs> but like I say it's, it's just <laughs> enjoyable and I'm not sat here saying everyone's got to go sign up and do a powerlifting competition and an ultra marathon so yeah just just remember like I say you can have a goal that's great but also, if you just want to enjoy life and training and not be in a phase, that's absolutely fine as well. And we have clients that we work with that just come to us and say, I just want to feel a little bit better and just have a bit more energy. Or I mm. just want to learn how to eat, let's say, more colourful food and just want to tidy things up a bit. That's cool as well. You haven't always got to have a specific training or body composition goal, by no means. Yeah. And I think also remembering that you you can be the kind of person that can also be the other way, like that needs structure and a goal. Because I know when I stopped training last year and I was trying to fix, like my focus was fixing my relationship with food, I didn't have a structure. And at first it was great and it was probably what I needed. But then I find now I actually feel a lot more like myself with structure. But some people might see that as perhaps like, oh, that's not, you know, that's not what the norm should be or whatever. Like we shouldn't always have a goal. 
but I think for some people that works a lot better so I think you know whatever you do and whatever makes you feel good yeah don't don't worry about what anyone else is doing think about what makes you feel your best if you're the kind of person who does need structure and a goal there's nothing wrong with that as well yeah everyone's different I think change can be a good thing. Sometimes we can get stuck in a bad Mm. structure. So, you know, if we're talking about stepping outside of your comfort zone and, you know, where do people start? You know, if if you're having a conversation with someone, someone messaged you after this and they they said, you know, I want to do something a bit different with my training and my nutrition. I don't really know where to start. Where might you guide them in the direction of? Is there anything that you would say, oh, I recommend go do this event or go give this a go or or how how would people do something different to to step outside their comfort zone i think i think we all i think it's a little bit of self-awareness as well isn't it like i think it's actually just listening to what sits right with you and what feels good for you so i remember there was a point when crossfit just didn't sit right for me anymore like i just didn't have i didn't have the i and i hate talking about motivation because motivation is is rubbish it really isn't it like we have to it's discipline and we have to kind of you know push ourselves to do things but I remember just mentally I was like I'm just not interested in doing CrossFit anymore and I always have a place in my heart for it I love it I think it's great but I just didn't have that vibe but then when I thought like you know the thing that did make me feel good was just going to a normal gym and doing bicep curls and doing back squats and I didn't know at the time that it would lead me to where I am now but that made me feel good and I wasn't training hard. I wasn't training with intensity. If someone said to me, like, what's your goal? I wouldn't have known. And I wouldn't have known what I was meant to be doing. But I knew that that made me feel happy and it made me feel good. So I would just say, if there's something that vibes with you and you think this makes me feel really good and it makes me feel my best, it gives me good energy. It makes me, I think some things like that as well. When I would go to the gym and do squats and bicep curls and shoulder press, whatever, I would go home and I'd be like, mm, how can my nutrition support that now that I've done that? And I think when you start putting those things together, you know you're going in the right direction, whatever that direction will be. I don't think we need to know the end of the journey or, you know, there's never an end of the journey. It's all just a process, but we don't really need to know where we're going. We just need to know that we're on the right track. So I think just just going towards the things that feel good is the main thing so if there's anything in your life training wise nutrition wise that you're like this feels very good that's what you should be doing that's amazing yeah i really like that like say doing what makes you feel good i love a bicep curl and yet like bicep curls are maybe a bit frowned upon if you're in a functional fitness space but like say (laughs) you've you've got to feel good you know you're, you're paying money for a gym membership you're taking time out your day and then what i'd always recommend to people is go use your fitness go sign up and do something Mm. maybe like a little bit different like go do like a muddy race a tough mudder go do a park run go go out on a bike ride with some friends like ask your mates like if they go to a different gym or something drop in somewhere else just get a different experience like you're saying it might a bit of novelty can be really nice and and also it will help maybe reinforce the fact that you know what i'm really i'm really fit i'm really strong I can mm. turn my hand to, to plenty of things. And if, heaven forbid, the gyms were ever closed again, or let's say one oh, night of the week you can't get in and do your class at your gym because it's fully booked, you actually know you could go do something else because you are fit and capable. Yeah. And you're not just in this, you know, not relying on that gym to give you your, your fitness and your exercise. So, yeah, broaden your horizons, I mm. think, is, is a really nice uh, way of approaching that. That's really, really cool. Really cool. 
I think as well, like on that note, if you do something and it doesn't, it maybe doesn't make you feel good or it doesn't teach you something, it will come back round. I, last year, I did this, the, the David Goggins challenge, the four by four by 48. You have to run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. And it was horrendous. Like it was so hard. And I didn't, did I come out with like a love for running? No, I did not. Like it, it probably made me less want to run than ever before. However, what I loved about it was the mental resilience it took. And I didn't realize it at the time, but that has now carried over to where I am now. So little things like that, if you're doing something different, even if you're like, oh, I didn't really enjoy that, it probably will push you in the right direction down the road. Yeah. So that, yeah, that was a, probably a one for me, like a bit of mental yeah, toughness. 100%. I think there. that's what I've learned in, like I say, focusing on me versus me is that it is about resilience it is about showing up day after day and there are times where i've not wanted to like say to do that strength session do the, do that running session go out and do those intervals but when you do it you do always feel a little bit better for doing it and i know that it compounds over time and, it, and it's going to help the bigger picture and we say the same to our to our clients there will be times on on any nutrition program or any training program that you're not always going to feel like doing it but that's sometimes when the work kind of really starts and having those systems and those kind of disciplines and those habits in place will make things a little bit easier. Like I say, you can't rely on motivation alone to make to make progress. It's it's about all those little things coming together. So, Chloe, that's so insightful. Mm. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to jump on with me and chat about comfort zones. And, and oh, love <laughs> so it. So if people want to find out <laughs> a little bit more about you and the Female Performance Project, where do they go? What do they need to do? So you can go to my Instagram is at Chloe Salt 93. The Female Performance Project Instagram is at Female Performance Project. And we also have a website, which is www.femaleperformanceproject.co.uk. Super simple. So yeah, come and check us out. Got lots of educational bits and pieces on the Female Performance Project. So yeah, always worth a look. And even like say, even if you've got guys listening, the content is amazing. I find it really insightful. So please go check them out. For Thanks. more info on all of our, our programs, our plans, um, everything you need, head over to phnutrition.co.uk and obviously check out our Instagram, ph underscore nutrition. If there's something specific you want us to cover, then drop us a message uh, on social, drop us an email and please take the time to share and rate the podcast too. Chloe, thank you so much for jumping on. Thank you so much to everyone for listening and we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.